This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, So many Every little dudes All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help But but Wonder. Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. us. Ooh, that was some good harmonizing there. I know. We're going to start a band. Hi, Rosa Schmalutsu. How are you doing? God, everyone always calls me that. So annoying. Um, How are you? Who are you? What is up? Who am I this week? That's interesting. Okay, well, I would say, hmm, maybe a carry. Okay. Because I changed my... I mean, this is a podcast. You guys can't see me, uh, but I'm like, every time we record, we do it on video and I'm laying on ice. So I'm not exactly what you would call like in dating shape, but nonetheless, I'm on the apps. Hmm. Um, And I guess I'm a Carrie because I feel like Carrie's really adventurous and she like travels the world for love. And I changed my city um, from L.A. to Portland because I wanted to see the guys in Portland. and. Just like my suspicion, mm-hmm. literally, I like got like a thousand matches instantly. All like tall, handsome, like outdoorsy, kind, down to earth. I do feel like you have a Portland personality a little bit. More than LA, I would say. Which is a great thing because I love Portland and everyone I've met from there is like awesome and super friendly. And like you said, like very outdoorsy and fun. Just a little more down to earth, um, you know. And I've just and they love like, food. They have great taste in food. They definitely have great taste in food. And just in just in this, I mean, I know this is like a crazy thing to say because there are truly millions of people in LA, but I just don't think that it's a good city to like meet somebody to settle down with. It just doesn't feel like people are here to do that. Mm. Um, similar to New York. I mean, I just feel like there's some cities that are just so ambitious and career focused that like, you know, I just think everybody here wants to be famous, which isn't a bad thing. It's just people are not quite as thinking about like relationships in my opinion. Yes. And it's also a weird time to be in LA because LA isn't really LA right now in a lot of ways. It's like all those people 
with those ambitions are here, but they can't really put them anywhere necessarily because nothing's really happening. So well, just no like cities are weird... normal right now. Like Right, right, right. But I'm saying like L.A. especially, like the thing that makes L.A. L.A. and the reason people move to L.A. They it's can't like even do it. not yeah. here. So it's this weird like stifled energy. I feel like people have like pent up creativity. They don't know where to put it or something. Definitely, definitely. It's like in but, the air here. Yeah, but for me, swiping on Portland is a little less about like COVID and more just like I've kind of always thought I don't know. I was just curious. It was almost just like an experiment because it's a great idea. I love that idea. Also, Portland's close. If you meet someone in Portland, you guys fly back and forth. It's only like an hour and a half flight, two hours. Yeah. And I also just kind of feel like right now, technically, it doesn't matter. I mean, listen, I can't even do anything right now. I can't even move. So it all it can't nothing can even happen until I get a surgery. But just, you know, a lot of what's happening with dating right now is like texting and FaceTiming anyway. So it doesn't really matter if somebody's in the same city as you and I figure like cut to a few months, if I, you know, when I'm on my feet and I'm fine again, um, you know, there's no work that I'm doing here that I couldn't do somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm talking to a couple of really cute, nice guys and you know, I'm very open. It says travel mode. They're like, Oh, where are you from? And I'm just like being super open. I'm like, yeah, I just have this sense that like, I mean, personally, I, I don't say this cause I don't like to be negative when I'm talking to new people, but like, I just don't think guys in L.A., good guys are already in relationships. They moved here with their girlfriends from another mm, city. I just kind of feel interesting. like, yeah, I mean, maybe that's wildly closed-minded. I just feel like there's a lot of more than normal, like, narcissists and and workaholics and yes. just people that just don't really have the bandwidth or interest in, like, having a family or committing. And I think in smaller cities where people's dreams are smaller family is more important and stuff. Oh, I think that's, yeah, I think that that is a really smart assessment. And I like that you're also saying it on the podcast because I think it, it's a good thing to put out there of like, don't close yourself off just to the place you're from. Like, you know, there are a lot of problems I'm sure that people find with dating apps. Like, you know, do they, do they like them? Obviously it's like fun to meet people in person, whatever, all the complaints that you hear over the years. But it's like one of the really amazing things is that your scope can be really big. That's totally true. And it's exciting that you're using it in that way. And I think that's like very inspiring. Thanks. It was also kind of crazy because it's like just a hypothesis I had where I was yeah. like, I wonder if I'll like, I wonder if the guys in Portland are different and they really are. As somebody who has swiped in LA for years, they're so, they're, they're just different there. They're just, they just <laughs> I are. Why I'm like laughing because we're talking about it like they're Europeans or like you went to but some But you know, city country. by city is really I totally agree with you. I'm not making fun. So different. You're so right. It's so true. It's just very funny because Portland's so close, but you're like, yeah, it's a different world. Jamie, it is. you're so lucky you've never had to swipe in LA. I'm telling you, so many guys' profiles are like, oh, I'd just have such like a problem, especially because so we're writers. I'd be like, what is this stupid shit you wrote? Not even the bios, but like, just Ugh. like, so look so obsessed and looks focused and. You a lot know, of selfies on their profiles. Selfies and gyms That's and shirtless horrifying. and, and horrifying. like horrifying. and like hot in this really like TikTok star no. way. It's just I, not no. me. You no. know what I mean? No, shut it down. Don't right. like it. Don't yeah. like it. It's a hard pass for me immediately. I literally have like a visceral reaction to you even saying that. Girl, I'm telling you, it's like you go on it and it's different than other cities. Like even swiping in New York, the guys are hotter in a different way. It's just way less like less actors and less musicians and less DJs and stuff like this, you know? It's interesting. My perception of New York 
men is that at least the people I know in New York, they're very traditional. It's very interesting because it feels like such a non-traditional place. But like the more people I meet, it's just like, oh yeah, like me and my wife and my babies, we're all just kind of crammed into this apartment. And you're just like, interesting that you picked New York because the lifestyle really lends itself to like being single or maybe you have a partner and it's just the two of you. Like, it's just interesting to me, everybody I know, it, just in my circle, at least, the people I know there are really trying to take that sort of suburban life and just put it in the city. And it's kind of like, it's kind of nonsensical, but also New York's fabulous. And obviously, I'm not going to shit on New York because everyone here knows how much I love it. Well, it's also interesting because I agree. And there's so many versions of New York. Like, there's a version where you're like an artist and you never get married and you're just yep. fabulous. And you, but then there's totally like, the guys Wall who work, Street, like, guys who work in finance yeah. and their wives that work in PR and they have yep. great, ha- you know, they've got kids and they do that whole, I mean, not to say those are the only people to get married, but there's a lot of versions of New York to be had. Yeah. And that also is a big pocket of it. I feel like, like, it I is, don't even huge. know that, that crowd really, but I feel like I, everyone knows someone in that crowd. There's always that person who's like, we have an apartment in the city and then we have our, we're looking to get a Montauk vacation house at some point. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, girl, who are you yeah. this week? Um, I guess I'm a bit of a Charlotte, um, without going into detail, because it's really not about, um, my relationship. I'm just in a really weird headspace, um, sort of like, just, I feel like I'm at a crossroads in my life. I feel a little Charlotte and Trey. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to go into detail about it. But I'm just in a place where I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I I really sometimes genuinely don't know that I'm built for marriage. And it's a very scary thing to admit. And it's something that Dan and I openly talk about. I don't feel like I'm like shitting on him behind his back. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I often feel like the people around me who I know who are married, at least outwardly, they really seem to be in it to win it. They they love the concept of marriage. The partnership is like really, really strong. And like Dan, I think, comes from that background more than I do. My parents You said that you think that his parents have a nice marriage. I do. I really do. Yeah. And again, like it's not even that they didn't have hard times, which I mean every family goes through. You're insane if you don't have them. Right. But it's not even that they didn't have hard times. Like they raised three boys, you know, they lived in, on Long Island, which is very expensive. Like there, there, there They've was definitely shit. hardship, yeah. but like they, it was never a question. It's like, we're, we're a team. And I sometimes wonder, I don't know if it's an, if, if it's because I'm an only child or a combination of that plus other things, my parents definitely did not have an, don't currently have an idyllic marriage in my mind. Um, my mom operates very independently of my dad. And sometimes I'm just in this headspace of like, Am I more my mom than I realize? And is that okay? Such a hard thing. Or is that something you have to fight? Because what is normal? What is what is your standard? What are you going for? And it's I just find myself in a space where I I really feel alone and I want to be honest about it on the podcast because I mean, who knows who's listening, but I feel like there's not a lot of transparency about marriage doubt. I feel like there's a lot of talk about divorce and there's a lot of talk about getting married and how to stay married, but no one talks about doubt even though you are married. That's really interesting. And I am at a real breaking point. I've thought about it a lot. Again, Dan Dan has heard me say all this. It's just like, I I just don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly am like always 
I'm always thinking about it and it's very lonely. I don't know who, I don't know, I don't know who to talk to about it. Even if you talk to like a therapist, they're just kind of like, well, you got no, to need to talk like, about what a friend who's going through the exact same thing. And there's we'll be- so few. So if anyone's listening and they've had similar feelings or confusion or, yeah. And I don't even think it's like one foot out the door. It's more like you're just wrestling with it. Like I just think about it a lot. It takes up a lot of my headspace, and uh, it's it's very scary because it just makes you feel really abnormal because there's all these standards that have been set up for everyone. And I mean, I even wrote a book about weddings, but my book about weddings, I was trying to be honest about how hard planning my wedding was. Like my whole, if I had whatever, I I know nothing about branding. I'm terrible at it. But if I ever had like a mission statement, it would be to like make people feel less alone in what in my work and my comedy and everything i just want people to not feel like they're crazy and like i feel really crazy right now so if anyone else out there feels crazy i'm with you first of all jamie thank you so much for sharing that it was really brave you know, and really honest and really vulnerable and and i know you're a private person so i know that's not easy for you to talk about ter- these it's things. truly terrifying truly yeah, terrifying but i'm proud of you and you know you said something that was really interesting to me about how you noticed that your mom even though she's in a decades long marriage yeah. operates really independently. Yes. And you were saying that like, maybe you're like that and you don't know if it's good or bad. I found that so interesting. Cause it's like, I think something that's really challenging about getting older is like, no matter who your parents are, they have good qualities and bad qualities. And you are the universal. You We're all a combination of those qualities. And I think as you get older, you really start to see it. It's so true. And you're just it's like so true. It's everything like stunning is how much it's there. Right. Magnified. You're under a magnifying glass as you get older. Everything. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. And 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 I think that you bring up something that has to do with this, which is perhaps you are operating like your mother in a marriage, which is extremely independently. And mm-hmm. you're like Jamie, who happens to be married, instead of like Jamie. And that Diana is a hundred percent my mom. She is, yeah, she is right. mom who happens to be married. Right. And you're wondering, is that who I am? And I like that. Is that who I am? And I don't like that. Yeah. Is that my essence? And I think it's really hard to know. Like, it's really tough to know. Like, does that it's work? It's also for like me? Do even I if like that it? were a, let's say even on paper, like legally that was a great quality let's say like a hundred percent written in stone that's a great quality because my mother possesses it there's a part of me that might resent it because everybody on some level has such a complicated I mean I love my mom I my mom and I get along swimmingly but there's always that thing of like oh I'm becoming my mother so you don't even know if if the quality like are you do you even have a proper lens to look at that quality through I think it's also tough because you don't look at your parents marriages like I really want that and so I, am, I have never wanted something less. Right. My parents' and, marriage is literally my greatest fear. Right. Greatest fear, hands well, down. To me. And also to have a child born into that. that. Well, Jamie. To create that, another Jamie, which sounds well, really self, all, self-loathing. You, listen, but, first of all, we would all be so lucky to have another oh, thanks, Jamie friend. in this world. You know, Appreciate listen, it. I'm really proud of you for talking about it. I don't think anyone has answers. This is a journey that, like Charlotte, you are on and you have my support and you have Julia's support and all your good friends who love you so much and your family and all the Wonderistos and Sky and Anna. And, you know, it's like... You know, it's interesting. It's like, I don't believe in advice because I don't think anyone knows what anyone else is going through. And, no. And I just think everyone's on their own journey. And so I just, 
I feel for you because it's hard to go through something where you don't have other people that are very close to you that are going through the same thing. I could see how that would be lonely because even if people love the fuck out of you and they're having their own things, it's hard to yeah. feel like your problem is so unique. That's not a good yeah. feeling. Yeah. I think we're also in a place too. This is the last thing I say, I'll say, and then we'll, you know, obviously this is Sex and the City podcast. We'll get into it. Thank you, Sky, for the laugh. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Clarify. I love you. I, yeah, we all, you know what? I always bring us back and that's, uh, that's something I contribute to this show. Um, but Oh, fuck. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I was saying. Oh, I was going to say that I think that as we get older, there's also this thing of like, and I've brought this up sort of on the show before, um, but I do think people become more solidified in their lives and their nest and their tribe. And, you know, it's like your family becomes really insular and all those. I'm not even saying that is a bad thing. That's just sort of naturally what happens because your responsibility is to your family and whatever you keep. You, you get rid of toxic people so you have less friends in some ways yes, or less close totally. you have less bullshit friends I would yes. say um, yeah and I think that because of that I think that whenever I'm feeling this way I never want to like burden people because I feel like oh my god like their lives are already so full like why would they even want to talk about something like this and, and is it even anything that anyone could help me with like I truly think it's just sort of a dialogue that exists in my head and it's always been there a little bit. Um, well, I just want to tell you as a friend and somebody who loves you, like maybe somebody, none of us will have the answers, but I can just say as a friend, when somebody, a friend, a sister, somebody who's in a relationship with someone, when somebody tells me what's going on with them, it makes me feel closer and it makes me feel lucky that somebody trusted me with their feelings. So mm-hmm. just so you know, it's literally never a burden it's it's it builds intimacy right because it's like that's true because it's like if I was only telling you what was going on with me and you never told me what was going on with you it would feel unequal yeah and and also it's not like it's like when people you love are going through things it's not like hearing what your people that you love are going through it's like oh I wish Jamie would just shut up and talk about like makeup or something it's like no I care about (laughs) you of course I care what you're thinking you know oh yeah that's interesting it's just so you know, it's never a burden for anyone who cares about you. Just like nice. when I tell you what's going on and you're so loving to me, I never feel like you're like, oh, could Rose just get it? Because you love me. Yeah, and that's yeah, that. Yeah. And it goes yeah, both yeah. ways, you know? Right, right. Just so you know. That's nice. Just keep I that in your back that. pocket. Thank you. I will. Well, this this was a very open, a very vulnerable, very, you know, I I really want to thank Jamie for for being so candid. And, you know, I know our listeners love Jamie so much, and I'm sure you're gonna get a lot of love for this. And Thanks. and you know, everyone reach out. And Jamie, take us into what we're dealing with today. Okay, no problem. Let's bring it back to sex and the money. You know what though? Us city. talking about worries about marriage and dating, that is absolutely sex in the city. So Oh yeah, it a hundred percent is in our world, which is even why I was more inclined to bring it up. Um Good. but yeah, I just want I just want to like destigmatize anything that I feel is sort of has a stigma around it. Maybe that's because I have like a greater level of shame or something. I don't know. Come come for me, Brene Brown. I'll work on it. But um <laughs> But thank you, Admitting Skylar. your feelings, period, <laughs> my, is greatest, my greatest fan, Skylar Hanrath. <laughs> um, no, but I, yeah, I, I just want to, in case someone is sitting with this level of shame or confusion or thoughts or whatever you want to call it, yeah, I just think it's better to put it out there because once you do, it does give it, it takes away its power in a lot of ways. And it I think being alone it. with something makes it 10 times worse. 
Oh, 100%. I know. I probably, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, anyways, Sex in the City. Here we go. Season four, Let's episode it. 18. It's called I Heart NY. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but this is the last episode of season four. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, okay. We have to. It's also. We got to get a fun guest for our little bridge episode. You're right. Figure it's, that out. It's such a reflective episode. And also, I just wanted to shout out just because he just passed away and it's sad and he was a wonderful person. But I Heart NY was that famous oh, yeah. logo was created by Milton Glaser. That's yeah. right. Um, Skylar, what don't you know? How come you haven't won that Jeopardy That was recent. Yet? I remember that just oh, happened. I've, I've I've tried out for Jeopardy many times. I've never. Oh my god, I would Skylar, love to do you'd it. be the contestant. I do occasionally think of there was I I had a college trivia game that I think of how I blew it often. Oh it's like you know god. how you like Skylar. occasionally it like wakes you up at night. Skylar. I mean, can we be more obsessed it, with Skylar Hanrad? He's literally the best person on the planet. Pub quiz so champion. Funny. Oh my god! I still kick myself over it. Okay, well, we, you know what? Again, this is this shame seems to be <laughs> the theme of the episode, and I think yours is right on par with mine. I mean, trivia, it's you know, 100%. marriage, marriage doubts, you know, but, guys. But Jamie, the difference between your shame and Skylar's is that he should be ashamed to to not. Yeah, no, I mean, it's have disgusting. Won. Get it's it to mine, guy. mine is openly embarrassing. So. <laughs> yours is, yes, exactly. Okay, um, guys. Okay. This is a very cool. emotional episode. Jamie's, uh, Jamie's, you know, uh, um, who she was this week was just a tiny amuse bouche of what's to come. Oh yes, think you know, a little operatif. Yeah, break out you your um, Kleenex. Things are going to get emotion. Mm-hmm. So the season finale kicks off with Carrie breaking out the first extra blanket of the year. New York is getting cold, so she calls up Big to talk the changing of the seasons and feeling lonely. She wants to catch up, so she grabs a pizza and heads over. When she gets there, however, his place looks different. It's covered in boxes. He's moving to Napa. Big uh-huh. water wine, big what? Big, big water winery. Big, big water winery. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>, that's disgusting. <laughs> Bob's oh, big boy bought a wine away. <laughs> he's um, so big. It's just so it's big. It's because he's big. He could buy a wine away. Uh, Skylar, that's hot when girls juice. go, your penis yeah, is big so big. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. 100%. I like where this is headed. Okay. Just Kinky. read that sentence again for clarity because we shit on it so much. Big bought a winery and Carrie is freaked out. And over at Richard, Samantha is impatiently waiting in bed, tearing through a box of chocolates. When he finally shows up, he is three hours late and Sam is annoyed. She has a gift for him, a framed painting of three hearts. He says, thanks. And they hook up. Also, no that, offense, but that, that painting, painting looked like it cost $10.99 from <laughs> Canal was- Street. Literally, Bed Bath and Beyond's like artwork, the, art section. Yeah, their their clearance. Get the fuck, ri- get rid of this. Throw it in the Beyond. Oh my god! And we'll and, and we'll beyond. get to it. And we'll get to it. But I was like genuinely surprised when she smashed it later that it was fright that it had glass on it. Like I, uh, it so didn't expensive. seem. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was a have glass on it painting of hearts. Definitely plastic. Definitely. I, I mean, yeah. That's for so somebody funny. that spends thousands of dollars on a purse, she definitely spent like seventeen ninety nine at IKEA. Uh, yeah. 100%. I mean, I also, I mean the the way she 
just is like, it's for you. Like, I thought of you when I saw it. It's just like, wait, why? What? <laughs> why? What about this screams Richard? Also, I don't even exactly. understand. Yeah. Oh my it's God. Also, it's also one of those things where like, if you got that gift, it would actually be kind of insulting. <laughs> You'd be like, honestly, why? Like, why do you think I have such cheap taste? So like corporate. you went to Home Goods and like cleaned up, but that doesn't oh mean God. that this is me. It's like such like, ugh. Yeah, anyway, obviously really we're all bad. horrified by the gift. I know. Okay, anyways, keep going. So Big and Carrie dig through the stuff he hasn't already packed to go to California, which includes a blood, sweat, and tears record. He puts on Moon River, which she wants to dismiss as corny, but only Big can make it uncorny. They dance until the record starts skipping and Carrie heads out. She'll just have to catch him before he leaves. Okay, now the tough question. Should you sleep with him one last time? Exactly. Going out of business sex, what do we think? No. Okay, quick draw, give it a second here. No. We like each other, we respect each other. It could be nice. Romantic. Hmm. No. You had sex with Steve. Uh-huh. Sex with an ex can be depressing. If it's good, you don't have it anymore. If it's bad, you just had sex with an ex. It wouldn't be bad. Oh. I'm just saying. Aren't you afraid that the sheer force of it all will just pull you back into all that big stuff again? No, he's not Niagara Falls. Isn't he? I love you, sweetie, but you're not giving me any credit. This is not two years ago. Things have changed. I'm different now. Big and I are different. I feel safe around him. He's like this, this great man in my life, and he's leaving. Use a condom. That's all I'm saying. Well, I don't know how you survived any of it. Big or Aiden, this love stuff is a motherfucker. Did you just say love? Oh, what the hell. My name is Samantha, and I'm a loveaholic. Hi, Hi Samantha. Samantha. It's so infuriating. I mean, where can this possibly go? No one actually makes these relationship things work, do they? Sure, I think they're the same people that leave New York. Mm. I'm just really surprised. Big is moving. I always thought... Never mind. You always thought what? Never mind. I just always thought that you two would end up together. How? I don't know. Yes, they made mistakes, but they were never supposed to be together. If she was going to wind up with anybody, it was Aiden. This is all very informative. In some ways, it's kind of safe because it's like if they're going to be gone. I mean, I guess it's tough because it's not like he's going to Singapore. He's going to Napa. And even though, yes, that's far He's rich and he has endless resources. So I guess it's tricky. It's like on one sense, it feels like, oh, it's a safe thing. They can have the best sex ever. They can literally even say, I love you if they want, but he's going to be gone, right? So in a way, it feels like you're protected because just the logistics. But I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think in the context of like a relationship that uh, you're unsure about. I think that having sex one last time can be really telling. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Like, I remember when I I was breaking up with this guy in, like, my mid-20s, and I remember being, like, I kind of missed him. So we, like, had sex one more time, and then it was very clear that it was over. And I know that sounds, like, a little manipulative. No, like, it's not. Let me just, like, test it out. No, I just see. think that makes sense. But it is really telling. I think you I think in some ways um, it's like a really great way to sort of know where you stand. And I'm not 
I'm not I think really that's sure. brilliant. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so if you can kind of get past it's sort of unorthodox advice, but if you can get past like the emotional ties or not, I mean, if you can't get past the emotional ties, well, then that's something too. Um, but I do think that in this case with Carrie and Big, it's not sleeping together is not when people are like, oh, it's going to make things complicated. It's already complicated. You already have the feelings. That is, you know, if you have sex, it's not that sure. It definitely compounds things. And like, you know, physically, you know, obviously like, you know, women bond uh, quickly by way of sex um, and become very attached and all the things and the hormones and da, da, da. But um, I think that I think that the feelings are already there. So if you're considering it, it's actually not. I think it's actually not as big of a deal considering. I actually um, think that. this is very good advice. You do? I, I think it's kind of crazy, but I, I think it makes a way. lot of sense because I think you're right. It's like they've had this passionate love affair. Then they sort of became friend confidants and yeah. she doesn't really know how she feels about him going. And I think you're kind of right that well, it's interesting because when she's like, should I have sex with him? She's making it sound like, should I enjoy one last ride? Because she's like, I know the sex is going to be good. We have great sex. So she's kind of making it just sound like, hey, do you guys co-sign on me having really hot sex tonight? Like with an ex. Yeah, I think also the subtext is kind of like, um, it's almost like, do you, like, it's almost a little like saving face. It's like, she is giving up some of her power. That's true. And I think that is, to me, if I were in this situation, that would be the thing I'd be bummed about. I'd be like, damn it, I really love withholding to have, like, something, like, what's the word, uh, like, collateral to, like, lord over you as, like, deeply manipulative as that sounds. No, it I, actually I, makes I love lo- that, like, ooh, like, you... You know, I you can hang out with me, but like you can't fuck me. <laughs> well, I actually think that makes a lot of sense, Jamie, because in a lot of ways he does have all the power in this relationship because even though he proposed to her after he got like dumped and divorced and all this shit, like the majority of their relationship, she was like, I would like you to commit. I want you to care. I want you to want me to. And he just was like keeping her at arms like, no, 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 no. So it's almost like all she has is like, I won't sleep with you because in a lot of ways she wants much more than he can give, even though once in yes. a while in a desperate state, he's like, fuck it. Why don't we just do, do the damn thing? But you yep. just, it always feels pretty hollow and you know, it's a little bit like their dynamic now is like, it's after the will, they won't, they, they've restored the, it's after the will, they won't, they, and they already have, and now they've restored the will, they won't, they. So it's like, if Carrie sleeps with him, she gives up that dynamic, which right. is just sort of a reflection of what you were saying. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I have a really close friend who sort of has like something like this, like this on and off again thing Mm. with an impossible person. Mm -hmm. And she recently kind of came to her friends in this kind of way, like Carrie, to be like, are you guys, what do you guys think about me having sex with him just because it's COVID and I'm horny and all this? And it was very similar to this scenario where the arguments from her friends, myself included, were the same that Miranda and Charlotte and everybody was kind of having of like, I'm scared that this is a slippery slope, right? And yeah, I feel like I'm of two minds because I'm on one hand, I really agree with Jamie about like sex is a really good barometer to see how you actually feel about somebody and it can kind of tell you what your real feelings are, which I completely agree with. 
Um, but I do worry a little bit about Carrie because she's so emotionally unstable that she like just broke up with Ada. Yeah. And she, she can't really be single and she's kind of has an addiction to big. And even if he goes to Napa, sleeping with him again could like put her back. And then for the next six months, every guy she dates, it's like, oh, well, he's not big. So fuck it. Yeah. I don't know. It's complicated. She's going to like miss him. Have you ever, sucks. have you ever had something like this where either somebody, a lover was about to leave or it was like the last time and like, you were like, should mm. I do this? Should I not? I no, I mean, no, I don't think so. I think the the close. It's so interesting. Like, um, I was thinking about, like, you know, oh, he's he's like he's leaving. It's the end of an era. It's like, I don't know why. I don't have these emotional ties. Like, there are so many milestones in in your life that are so clear. It's like having a baby's very clear milestone, getting married, clear milestone. Like, you know, getting like a promotion that you were really, yeah. really going Buying for for years and years. Whatever, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, there are these milestones that happen, whether you care that to call them milestones or not. They, but they just are. are they're life milestones. Yeah, exactly. And then, but I've never felt like moving to a different city has been, unless something happened. Upon that move, yes, that's a that's a big shift. But just the whole like moving away, like I remember when I moved to New York from Texas, I was never. I can't even tell you. I don't remember it at all. I don't remember packing for it. I don't remember unpacking. I don't remember like buying furniture for my new place. Like I don't know why I don't. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't uh, glamorize or crystallize those things. Um, it's only as significant as you make it. But um, I think it's interesting that Carrie is so like, you're leaving New York? Like he's like fucking like pulling out of the like an old train station and he like drops his scarf out the window for her to catch. Like it's just um, it's interesting. I, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. He's a rich dude and he's buying a winery. It's like, of course, he's, you just move around. Sometimes you move around when you have a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know. It is such a thing, though, in particular with New York. Like after I. After I finished watching this episode, have you ever read the that famous Joan Didion essay, Goodbye to All That, about her leaving New York in her no, late tell 20s? Me. Tell me. It's basically like she moves to New York in her early 20s to become a writer, to work at magazines and everything. And then she just like has this feeling that she sort of loses eight years and she she like grows up and she gets married and then she she just doesn't really want to deal with what New York is anymore like it it just sort of mm. changes for her and she mm. ends up leaving New York and that's the whole notion of the goodbye to all that yeah and I think that New York has that particular resonance and when people sort of leave it's a huge it. deal exactly I and I didn't even even I don't know why I don't know what's wrong with me I and I and I'm the biggest fan of that city but when I moved to LA from New York I was just like, yeah, I just got to go. I have a job. That's but you know what, you Jamie? I also think because you're an entertainer and traveling is part of your job, you're yep, like a rambling man. It's kind of like know, part of it. Because you know what I was thinking? A <laughs> rambling man. Yeah. You it's got, like. You got your little bindle. You got your, yeah. your acoustic but, guitar. But I do yep. think like when you live in New York, especially if you live in New York and you love New York, it feels mm -hmm. like the center of the universe. And, like, imagine being anywhere else is, like, a joke. I mean, that's definitely where Carrie is. Like, Carrie's, like, her nation, her ethnicity is New York. You know what I, I mean? I think that's the part I don't identify. I don't know why I don't identify with that. Because if anyone identifies with that, it should be me. 
Like I'm <laughs> a ride or die. I don't understand why I don't have that more, but it probably has to do with that. I do stand up and I travel. Well, not right now. But you've but- also left New York to live. Like she's never done that. She's been there and she's staying like until yeah, she dies. That's true. You know? she, she, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. She's going to become like Mrs. Cohen from that episode. I also think it's just like such a, this whole episode is such a like changing of the seasons of life episode. Yeah. So it's, it, it, is reflecting that a little bit too, mm-hmm. where it's just like we we are leaving the summer of Big and Carrie and we're entering the fall of Big and Carrie. So yeah, to speak. I think I think stylistically it makes sense that they're kind of making this, and also like with the um, what's the song he plays, Moon River. It's, it's just, yeah. you know they are sort of making this into. It's very sort sentimental. Of like, yes, very like Gone with the Wind. Like, yeah. you know, they're really trying to make this feel sort of like an old movie or something. Yeah. Like an old romantic movie. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't I don't I don't think I've romanticized New York until I left New York, I think is my point. I didn't romanticize it while I was there. I haven't had a lot of relationships end because somebody like moved across the country. But I do know that I haven't had the best boundaries like as relationships are crumbling and, and, and ending. And I think I've had a lot of like sex like the day or two after a breakup or a week after a breakup or like while we're breaking up. And it's mm. always, in my opinion, really sad. Like even if it's actually You're good, so right. It's always You're really, so really right. sad. And it always feels totally. wrong. Even if it's physically yep. enjoyable, it's always it's like, a, uh, yeah, it's just I like, agree. this is wrong. This is bad. It makes me sad. It's like, not even to say that you shouldn't do it because like life is about doing those things and feeling the experiences and making mistakes and whatever. But I just, knowing how it's been an experience for me, I would never tell a friend like, you gotta, you gotta do that. Have sex with somebody who really fucking destroyed you. Just do it again. Like, mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. think it's a fantasy. I think, uh, I think it feeling good is like, good and then bad. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I think a lot of, (laughs) I think a a lot of sex that's any, any sex that's sort of outside of like a secure relationship is just like, whoo, it's it's real dicey. That's such a good point. It's like, it is so glamorized, especially in the show. Well, actually the show does a really good job of being like, actually it's pretty complicated. I think that's why we like the show is that these women are never just like, yeah. I mean like even Samantha, who's kind of like, yeah, I'm just like, fucking my way you know one city block at a time you know <laughs> yesterday was 72nd street tomorrow 73rd <laughs> whatever like i even think she is like i'm in love i bought this ugly painting for him like help me yeah, you know totally. that's why this show's good it's because it doesn't it really does show all sides of what it's like to be single in new york which is a f- fabulous notion but you know sometimes the reality of it sets in and it's like ah, oh, it's just really fucking lonely yeah, that's really true. God, it's such an interesting, so interesting to me too, because like my POV on their relationship is so unromantic. Like the fact that he didn't want to commit to her, like married someone else. And then when that someone else that he married instead of her divorced him, then he's like, hey, like my ego would just be for better or for worse. That would just just really make me feel like shit. Like the fact that she even has romantic feelings, I find so interesting because if I was somebody's second choice that they just kind of crawled to after their own marriage fell apart when they didn't even want to marry me. I I would just have a hard time even being attracted after that. It is, it is wild. So unappealing. You break it down like it's that. so yeah. bad for your self-esteem. It's like, oh, you mean the whole time when we were together, you didn't want to get married. Then you instantly married a girl who's younger and like more, you know, Eurocentric, patriarchal, pretty. And then you know, you kind of lost your shit and she left you and now you're a mess and now you like me. 
Like, thanks a also, lot. Also, <laughs> it's it's that notion of like, of like, yeah, like there's something. Ugh, it's it's a little, it's a little bit like cool girl fantasy. Where it's like, yeah, I mean, we had a past and like, yeah, he shit all over me and like, yeah, he ruined my life and he like broke my heart 24 times. But you know what? Like now we're friends and it's actually like really fucking cool. Yeah, you're you right. know, it's, it's cool. Like, like total bullshit. we can hang, we can fucking whatever twist in his living room to this old song. <laughs> Wait, he Jamie, loves. we can twist in his living room. That is so <laughs> hilarious. Like it's all just even him being like, mansplaining fucking moon river like my parents well my parents they would play this record when my mom was getting ready to go out on the town she's like shut up ask her how she's doing <laughs> this is like the best i'm on a real tear today I, it's, I, i'm loving it i i'm absolutely loving it yeah i think that's really true yeah i just find like there if she told the story about her parents he'd be like sorry what did you say i was looking at my phone wait like, jamie <laughs> That is incredible. Yeah, I find their relationship so deeply unromantic because I put myself in her position. And anytime I've ever, anytime someone has ever come back to me after they were like dissed or dumped, I'm like, gross. I don't think I would have sex with him simply because I would want to have that power. I would need that power. I would need that card in my back pocket. After you were completely, listen, after somebody treats you like, a second place option. Yep. I mean, how can you ever want to, I mean, maybe I'm being short-sighted, but that would just be really tough for me to be like excited about. I think that what you're saying also reflects on this episode in particular feels so like we're kind of hand-waving that history away. Like you can feel the writing of it Mm. so much. Mm -hmm. And like at the end of that, uh, that clip in particular, there's that whole sort of almost like winking at the fans or winking at the viewership line from Miranda and Charlotte where they're going back and forth over thinking that uh, Carrie was going to end up with Big or Carrie was going to end up with Aiden. Like there is this consciousness of the conversation around the show. Like that's what people thought the the real uh, sort of dynamic was too. And it, yeah. it's this interesting kind of meta thing that they don't always do, but sometimes they will play around with because uh, it's a good writing opportunity, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just interesting because the scene is played out like it's like this great love affair and it's so romantic and it's like this huge moment. And I'm just like, is that really it? You know what? It's just amazing how we can delude ourselves. I'll just say that. Like, oh, my God, Rose. That is so well put. It is so delusional. It's delusional. Like, oh, this is to be so like, romantic. He's yeah. Oh, my God. Red so wine romantic. and he's rich and he's putting on old Please, music. Give it's me like a fucking he break. literally would not marry you, then immediately married a woman in her 20s, then immediately cheated on her and then was like drunk. Like, should we get together? If, if this happened to me in real life and I went over there and he started talking about blood, sweat and tears, I would probably just be like laughing his face. I got to be honest. I just came over here to fuck. So do you want to do that? Because if you don't, I'm probably going to go. I I don't. I don't have time for like your backstory. Oh my God. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. Don't try and fucking butter me up. I mean, that's the thing that's kind of hard about like watching them together is like, it's like the definition of a charming person is treating you like shit, but then like looking good in a suit and being like, Hey babe, did you know that like, actually this is where Frank Sinatra took his first prostitute. And you're like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it's it's so cool. It's like being that age and being hurt by somebody and still coming back and thinking that that's worthwhile and sexy. It's like, 
The first time around, you're allowed to think it's sexy. But after somebody puts you out like a cigarette, then the next time around, it's not. You know what I mean? But it still is I don't for her. find a man explaining truly anything sexy. If he, I mean, the second <laughs> he started talking to his parents, I'd be like, uh-huh. Can we just eat pizza and not talk? <laughs> I just... I mean, he's just so image. He's just it's all image. Just, and, and it's not a conversation. It's one-sided. I just found it not romantic. I don't know why. I just, again, if it was someone that we love, that we were invested in, it'd be like, oh, that's interesting. We learned something about Big's parents. We learned something about, like, you know, that's interesting. He's kind of a strong, silent type. He's letting us in a little bit. I just, that man, I cannot invest in him. I, I, I'm like, I just don't, if it were anyone else, I would care. I don't care about you. That's I, if you want to fuck, that's great. Let's fuck. That's great. I mean, we should do that. I, I honestly, anything else though, I, I'm not interested. Yeah. I think if I were her friends, like, as I was saying, like, I don't like to give advice, but I still have my personal opinions. And if I was one of her friends, I would be kind of like, I would be sort of sad for my friend. I'd be like, man, it kind of so sucks that like my beautiful, incredible friend who's so amazing is still captivated by this guy. I know. Like, I'm actually shocked that Charlotte's like, I thought you guys would end up together. I'm like, Charlotte, do you see anything like Charlotte's also obsessed with image, though? So I guess that makes sense. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe she really likes big because he's like a good look for Carrie or something. Yeah, that's very that's a that's really very possible. But I mean, Jamie, imagine you being close friends with Carrie and then like secretly want or being like, God, I always thought you'd end up with big. It's like you did. Why? Yeah, I know. That's one of those things where I'm like, if this was written today, you'd be like record scratch. Charlotte, can you explain yourself? <laughs> yeah. Because we all hate him for her. Yeah. So he's like a bad you guy. Better have a gr- you, you, you better tell us that you know something we don't know. Yeah. It's like Charlotte. You're being really Charlotte right now. Yeah, Charlotte, can you change your personality, please? Okay, so later at MoMA, Charlotte docents it up. She talks Monet, she talks Pollock, and she brushes off Eric, a nice divorcee who asks her out. She's still not ready. She quickly gets ready, however, when she spots Trey and Bunny wandering through the museum. She rushes her group to avoid them. She also takes Eric up on his dinner offer. She's got to get serious about moving on. Over at Miranda's, she and Steve put the final touches on her place before the baby comes. They have some tense moments building a crib, but they quickly smooth things over by talking baby names. Steve was thinking Paul, but Miranda wins out with Danny. Back at Richard's, the Samantha tension finally boils over. You went out of this, just say it. I don't want to have sex once and I want out. Not just once, what about yesterday? We were at the opera. I was bored. I fucked you for three hours when we came home. A big whoop. (laughs) Why haven't you hung the hearts? I will. It's been laying against that wall for days. I'm not sure it belongs here. You mean I don't belong here? Samantha, a stranger to love, didn't do it very well. Oh, and I heard the weather this morning, but they didn't say anything about a shitstorm. Oh, my God. It's like the worst read ever. I stopped by, and you weren't there. I was eating. Eating? Eating who? I saw you get into a cab with a woman wearing come fuck me heels. Listen, Richard, (laughs) just tell me you're sleeping with someone else and we'll call it a day. The hearts would be better in the den. I had a salad and salmon. The woman is a business associate. 
I do not want out of this. But if you do, this is a good way to go. I'm sorry. She was an interior designer. You believe me, right? A couple things. Tell me, oh, that, Jamie. That line when he goes, what is it? I checked the weather this morning, but I didn't hear anything about, or I didn't read anything about a shit storm. It was like the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. I just want to flag that. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> Jamie, I feel like sorry, you're- Jane br- Freemar. Jamie, sorry, Jane Fremar. Jamie, you're bringing up a good point because I actually think that the guys Samantha dates are often incredibly bad actors. because I mean, she is just so fabulous and in it and present, and there's no separation between Kim Cattrall and her character. And then this guy's like, what's the line again? Wow, I read the way it's also really slow. He's it's like, a very, well, I read the weather this morning, but I didn't hear anything about a shit storm. You're just like, spit it out, baby. <laughs> it's a weirdly labored line. Yeah. It's so labored. It's well, not, it's, here's the thing. You'd be, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go finish, Sky. Oh no! I was just gonna say, like, I, I, if the, if somebody really said that to you too, you'd be like, that would actually stop the conversation. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Oh my god, it's so funny. It's like in a different show. It's really goofy. <laughs> Every time I watch this episode, that line gets me. I love, between you, Jamie and Skylar, I love watching and analyzing this show with you because you guys always pick these things that are so true that I might not have been able to verbalize. But I do think, Jamie, that that one observation of yours is actually a global note, which is that because Samantha's lovers are always just cast for their looks, I think a lot of the actors that play these guys are like, models or whatever like if, if you even think back to the uh, staten island ferry like yeah. the firefighter oh my god they can one all of, the of her lovers That's like barely right. speak english yeah but they're terrible <laughs> actors every time he, the man who wanted to know where or no where's the dude samantha asked him about where to buy a shirt and he genuinely oh, you want to like, know where to buy a calendar yeah they're just like yeah. the dumbest dipshits like I mean, Rose, even just your like slapdash impression just now was as good as the guy who booked the role. But th- but you're right. I think that the guys who they pair her with are like pretty bad actors generally. Oh, man. I mean, he is he's rough. I mean, he he does hold court. And, and honestly, his pacing is gives him power, I think, because she's so like kind of not manic, but definitely like in the scene, you know, yeah. kind of. Yeah, she, she's she's up and down because she's a lot of dimension her character is amazing but um so it's kind of nice that he kind of like slinks back and he's really slow um i also i don't know how you felt about this guys but like i did not like when he's like you know i don't want out what it was the line when he's like i don't want out of this but if you but want if to you this, do, is this is a good opportunity to get the this hell is a out good of opportunity oh, yeah. i'm like okay i'm sorry she gets to be upset and she gets to be paranoid because you guys your whole foundation was built on you know having sort of inconsequential sex and keeping things open and fresh and but that's what you know, gaslighting exploring is threesome. yeah he's so he's totally it's making somebody her. feel crazy for things that are really legit I hate and then when she said she around. was sorry i felt so bad for her he is cheating at this moment so that's yes. exactly the sort of response that you have when like it it allows him to to deny and put the blame back on her it's such a low um, moral character thing to do i mean it's one thing to cheat and then it's another thing to be like Wow, I can't believe you'd think that I would do that. Like, 
Totally. It's disgusting. <laughs> it actually, now that we're talking about it, because I've you know obviously seen the show hundreds of times, I didn't realize how awful he's being right now. Like, he's just a flat out liar. Like, everything I liked about him is just done. You know what? At, People in this moment. are so cowardly yeah. and afraid. And, you know, he's afraid of hurting her feelings. He wants to be this guy for her that he just can't do. And he's just That's digging a hole, you know? And he just can't tell her, like, I can't do this. But just in case, you know, listen, everyone listening on this pod right now has either watched this episode or, you know, I don't think we're spoiling anything because we're all talking about how we later find out that he is cheating. But even despite that, I think there's something really interesting happening here because I can definitely relate to Samantha. Like I have been with guys who, I mean, to use the classic lingo that I always use, um, he is an avoidant and he is mm-hmm. avoiding intimacy. And I think this guy really does love Samantha. And I think he wishes he he that he could be her. monogamous, but he can't. He's got intimacy problems and he's sabotaging it. Um, and I think you he's doing what all avoidants do, which is he's pulling away from her because it's getting real. And so he's like sleeping with other people and not sleeping with her for a night. And I this has happened to me before. I've never been cheated on that I know of. I don't think I have been, but I have felt someone slipping away. And I have mm-hmm. been, I've had had those conversations where I seem hysterical and I'm like, but you didn't call me last night. And like, we didn't hang out. Da, da, da. And there's always a logical answer. Well, I, you know, aren't we allowed to be with our friends? And like, I'm sorry, I fell asleep. Ugh. And, and then you feel super crazy, but like, you know, in the pit of your stomach, when someone is pulling away, you just know it. And like, people can explain it away and make you feel crazy. And then you act crazy, but I don't know about men because I'm not a man, but I I do think women and maybe men do, too. Maybe everybody does. But I think human beings have a sixth sense when they're losing someone, you know? Yes. Yes. Totally. That's a great point. Yeah. And and Um, the hard thing is, is when you're insecure that you're losing someone, you get you act crazy. And so it pushes them away more. And so then you like I mean, I'm right now totally projecting this scene onto an experience. I know. No, no, no. We've all been there. What you're describing is very real. Yeah. It's like someone pulls away and then you feel crazy. And then they tell you that you're being crazy. And then you like, then, then, I mean, for me, I've been in situations where then I'm like, oh my God, they're pulling away because I'm being crazy. It's actually my fault. And it's not, it's that they're pulling away because they're pulling away, but because it makes you crazy, then you end up feeling like shit that you did it. You know, also, it's so frustrating. I mean, this is sort of off topic, but not really. It is so frustrating that women get the label crazy. Like, I I just can I just don't. It's not even like we're more emotional. So that's why that happens. It's also like, yeah, but if men have a hard time expressing how they feel, whether they're in the relationship, whether they want out it you you are you are being there is gaslighting happening all the time it's crazy making it, it, it's crazy making so if we could just acknowledge the way that men and women are our communication strategies how they're i mean we're socialized differently therefore we communicate differently therefore we process emotions differently the reason that that women have a reaction is because you're they are being gas they are being is it gaslit, gaslit. or gaslighted gaslit i think gaslit, gaslit. Past tense. It is gaslit, but I feel like people say gaslighted. I lit the candle. I didn't. I think. Right. Oh, no, I guess I you know. can say I, I light the like candle. You can say it either way. I, Dealer's choice. I lit. Okay. Gaslit. I think that sounds good. Gaslit. I think, yeah, I think both work. Yes. Okay. Well, I I feel very strongly about it. And I think it's like, 
I just hate that. Um, I hate that that's a thing that happens with women. And then, yeah, it's, 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 just, I know that this isn't like a new topic or anything, but it's apropos just, to the it's scene. It's such it makes a sense. bummer. It's such a bummer. It's such a bummer to watch Samantha apologize when she's on to something. And it's such a bummer for him to make her feel like she needs to apologize. It's just, and and then this, this scene is so relatable. Like so painful. It sucks. This has happened where I've like flipped the fuck out and then I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just did it. And you're like, what, what, wait, no, you, you know that you set off a reaction with the way you behaved. So at least take the ownership and let's have a, a mature discussion about why I'm reacting this way. You know what I mean? Yeah, completely. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And I think that there's a person in my life who's very difficult, who often calls me sensitive. Well, you're just really mm. sensitive. So there's nothing I can do that will mm. ever, I get mm. that a lot from this person. And mm. it's like calling someone crazy. It's like, well, if you say really mean things to me, and then I say that hurts my feelings, and then you call me sensitive, it's kind of like, I don't really know what, how can I win this? It's like, if you Ugh, make someone so feel hard. crazy and if you and if you fuck with someone, they start losing it and then you call them crazy. It's like it's not focusing on the right things. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's so hard. Yeah, go it's ahead, like Sky. it's like if somebody punches you in the face and then you get upset at that and then they're like, well, you just hate getting punched in the face. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, you did the thing. <laughs> exactly. I know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to see Samantha this way, but. You know, I've definitely been there when I can feel a relationship slipping out of my fingers and you get really desperate and it's a horrible feeling. I feel like in my 20s, I was like oblivious to I just assumed I'll say like early 20s. I just assumed like everyone like dating was just being in relationships. Like I didn't understand that people were like playing the field. I mean, I did. Obviously, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't realize it was happening to me as quickly as I should have. So I had these moments where I remember I was dating this one guy and he was like pretty rich. He was like some music producer, I think. I don't know. Um, but he, oh man, I want to say his name so badly because it is funny. Go ahead, but, say it. Oh. Okay. I was dating this guy. Okay. Should I not do it? I shouldn't do it. Okay. What, I'll well, just tell you. you I'll like a- okay. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what his name was based on. I'll I'll give us enough to where you feel satisfied oh, and you don't feel like I just left you hanging. Give us like exact he named, rhymes. No, yeah. I'm like, okay, his name was Macklemore. No, <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, no. So <laughs> so no, he okay, so he wore a particular type of jewelry and his name his last name was that type of jewelry. I'll just say that. That's wonderful. I don't that's know who also, that is. I just, I, I'll tell you. That's off, a very off, funny, just like Mike, character but, detail. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so that's who I was. That was God, Quizzerino Quizzies obviously knows yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. who but it he was, is. Yeah, he was just like a white Jewish guy who, I don't know. I Anyways, po- okay, whatever. Point is, um, but he was like very hot and like kind of like a bad boy and like, say much like I was just very intrigued by him I was like what is this dude and he was like a great artist also like visual artist he like drew all these amazing things I was just like this guy is like a fucking mystery that I am ready to solve baby and prepare to be solved prepare to be solved and then I find out through a friend of mine that he was like fucking this like gorgeous model on the side and I was like really Mm. (laughs) like I just assumed (laughs) I was it and then I was like huh is that so? Like, 
Of course he was, Jamie. Of course. No, you were a baby. You didn't know. A guy, a guy who names himself after the piece of jewelry he wears. I'll just say it right now. I can't. Okay. I Jake can't. Zirconium. I... Dave Diamonds? <laughs> yeah. His name was Dave Diamonds. <laughs> Ralph Ruby? Yeah, yeah. Was his name James Jade? God, I wish I knew who this was. Chris Alec, Choker? Anyways. Anyways, guys. Wait a minute. Fuka I know who this is. Anthony Anklet. It's Anthony Anklet. Oh, my God. It is. Yeah, it's Charlie Choker. Okay. Anyways, he... Okay, well... Charlie is, Choker? I loved him. Yeah, he was a good dude, but... He but definitely he was fucking yeah, models. He, he was fucking Okay, well, I have something to say bounced off of that. I had, like, no idea. I felt like such a doofus. The guy I lost my virginity to was yeah. in his 30s, and, you know, I was 19, and he was very hot, and he was a surfer, and um, he told me he was still friends with his ex, and we went to the beach mm -hmm. once, and he went surfing and just, like, left me to hang out with this group of, like, 30 year olds including his ex and everyone was like super mean to me and no one would talk to me and it was really oh, really awkward and no one was nice to oh, me and we kept sleeping together and kind of dating and then I found out he fully still had that girlfriend she wasn't an ex at all <gasps> oh, wow. and I found that Gross. out and then I bumped into her at the and this is a guy who told me after we had had sex and after I lost my virginity to him, like, you're my dream girl. You're so incredible. Oh I've never God. met anyone oh like God. you. Oh you're God. beautiful. You're perfect. And then I was like, oh, so like, are we boyfriend and girlfriend? He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, and then I found out not only that, that he lived next door to his ex. No, not oh, even his ex, Jesus. his current girlfriend. And I saw her. And this is me. I'm just like this young 19-year-old with this like horrendous. I just, you know, my dad just like left my life. I was so, mm. so lost. And then I saw his ex, who was this beautiful girl in her 30s at the supermarket. And I was just like, by the way, like, I'm, I don't know what I said, but I was like, I was like, what's your relationship with him? And she's like, oh, we're together. And I was like, oh, because like, mm. we've been dating. And then he called me mm. and he was like, you're fucking crazy. You're insane. You know, you're in, you're a fucking psycho. Yeah. Oh and, my God. And I'm like, talk about like manipulating me. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, sorry. Terrible. That just makes me sound really sad, but... No. Um, no, it doesn't. I mean, that shit... That stuff happens a lot. Like, I, when you said that, I was like... oh, I, All I was doing was wrecking my brain. I was like, this feels very familiar. I can't... I'm, like, trying to think of the thing that happened to me that was very similar. So well, it's a story that you told about, like, you think that table. things are working and then you have no idea you're being cheated on. And... Oh, yeah. And then when... I mean, I... Yeah. And then when you bring it up, people are like, stop being so fucking crazy. Like, it's oh, like, yeah. why... It just makes you feel like you're losing your mind. Like, wait a minute. You literally said I was your dream girl and I lost my virginity to you. And then I find out you have a full girlfriend the whole time. Ugh. I mean, it's yeah, also just nice. that it's just so gross. It's also that thing of like, it's so gross to think that guys just like say what they think girls want to hear and honestly what they do want to hear and it like works it's really on us. sad it's it's just awful not but pathetic like, on just, us but it's just no such but a it manipulative is, thing just, to do yeah it totally is i that dude the guy johnny puka shells mm -hmm. i um <laughs> i flew i was on a ski trip with some friends in vermont and i like went back early well it was also i'm so bad at group trips i've gotten a lot better I don't but think in easy. my 20s 
in my 20s, I was like, because also in your 20s, it's like, there's no heat in the house. And no. you're like, we're in fucking Vermont. And it's like, it's everything's funny. No. It's like, isn't it funny that we don't have heat in the house? It's cool. It's well, not, like, not for Jewish American princess. No, I was like, absolutely not. I was like, where am I sleeping? They're like, there's not. I don't real, like that there stuff is either. one bed. But like in your 20s, you had to just like, you just had to like, what's the word I'm looking for? Adjust or like not Go even with adjust. It you or had whatever. To, Roll with it, yeah. Yeah, or like you had to, um, what is it? Like acclimate. You just had to be like, yeah, no, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, I'm going to sleep on the floor and, and there's no heat in the house and we're in- The worst part of those things for Vermont me- Vermont in the middle of the winter. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that, I hated the same things. And to me, the worst part was like, hey, we're all going to do acid uh, in the park. Like, oh, do you want to also- yep. And I'd be like, you know what? I should probably run the dishwasher because like how will those dishes get done? Right. Oh, I was always doing that shit. Or sometimes I would fake being sick totally. just to be like, I got to go. I got to go to bed. Yeah. I got to get away from these people. Yeah, same. But anyway, so I flew back early. I don't think it was a flight. I can't remember if I flew or drove. Back. I took the train back early to see Johnny Puka shelves. To see Antoinette Charm bracelet? Yeah, seeing Antoinette <laughs> Charm bracelet, even though he was definitely fucking the model while I was gone skiing. Anyway, okay, wait. let's move on. Wait, last thing to say before we move on. <laughs> okay, okay. Everything okay. is one degree, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Everything is one degree from Sex and the City, so. <laughs> you were saying everything is one degree of Johnny Puka shelves. Everything is also, but okay. I was going to say there's something that made me sad recently, and I'm sure we have a lot of listeners on this podcast who may not be fans of this person, but- I still mm. really, truly respect and like the work of Lena Dunham. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking about her yesterday um, because her ex-boyfriend, Jack Antonoff, is now dating yes. a stunning blonde, you know, seven foot, oh, 10 pound dating? model. Just a photographer that looks like okay. she is an anime and she's been photoshopped yeah. and you know, he just finished like Taylor Swift's album and worked on this and worked right. on that. And his girlfriend is like five of them would make Lena Dunham. And I'm not saying that in a fat shaming way. This woman is tiny, tiny, tiny. I hope that wasn't mm-hmm. fat shaming. If it was, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. I just mean I could oh, see yeah, how hard it know. would feel. I, I get what you're Listen, saying. Lena Dunham has a lot of issues. She's got a lot of racial blind spots and she is problematic, but you know, I think I'm a little more empathetic because I thought her show was absolutely brilliant and incredible. Oh, and I loved girls. it's incredible. And also as somebody who's only been dealing with chronic pain for two months and she's been dealing with it for like five years, you know, she like gained a hundred pounds or whatever. And I, I was just thinking about how hard it would be to be in chronic pain, gain a bunch of weight, be kind of canceled and then just see your boyfriend like doing Taylor Swift's album and dating a girl that looks like Taylor Swift. Yeah. That can't I mean, be easy. Yeah, we yeah, we live in a ridiculous society that has very limited standards of what things should look like. And I do think it's getting better. Yeah. But it's uh, you know, it's an uphill climb. There are still like really dramatic inequities. And yeah. I just oh, wanna yeah. say hundred percent. I just wanna say when I close this, because like I just feel like it's so hard to talk about anything without people getting upset. It's I totally I understand why people don't like Lena Dunham and why her comments have been insensitive and I do think she has work to do but I do think her entire dismissing all the work she's done and saying that she's not valuable I don't agree with yeah I, you're you're allowed to have your opinion that's what it's I think okay and she's also someone that people I think she also is someone who embraces that people have their opinions about her I, every interview I hear with her she's always very poised about 
you know, knowing that people are team, team Lena or not like she, she, you know, I, and I think that that's, that's something about her that I really admire is her. So she has a fearlessness to her that, um, I think that even if you're whatever, quote unquote, polarizing, it is nice to at least live your life with integrity. And I do think she tries to do that. I'm not saying she doesn't misfire. I, I'm not here defending. I'm just saying that that is the sense I get. I don't know her. I've met her once or twice, but I, um, I don't know why I said or twice. Just, just add another twice, time. guys. It wasn't just once, guys. It was twice. We lived together. It was She's a whopping two times. Well, um, I think this is the thing. You're yeah. going to get fact checked on that. Here, so. Yeah, here's the thing. actually was twice. <laughs> Listen, she's put her foot in her mouth. I totally understand that she can be extremely annoying and navel gazy. I get why people don't like her. I just, I do think as a writer, I think Girls was like a fucking groundbreaking show. I I think it paved paved the way for so many other phenomenal shows. And I think her. And and female voice. Yeah. And I think her presentation of her body was completely revolutionary. It was huge. I think it she's, I think, so I, I think she's a huge talent. She's like a warrior of the body positivity. Yeah. I, I think she's really talented. I hope she can find her way. I do think she needs to do work. I mean, she definitely has racial blind spots and lots of privilege that she needs to work through, but I think throwing her in the trash is I'm not there. That's not where I'm at. That's that. I was also just going to say, and so many men are, totally permitted to be navel gazy in their work and they oh, don't ever receive the same Great level point. of vitriol. Great point. Oh no. I mean the level is, is, is yeah. The, she was in yeah, her misogyny is real guys. Misogyny is 100%. real. So after their argument, Samantha meets up with Carrie. She's still convinced that Richard is cheating and she puts a whole disguise together to do some detective work. Carrie's not sure it's a good idea, but she drops it when she spots some shoes that she absolutely must have. And Charlotte has dinner with Eric, the MoMA divorcee. They bond over what brought down their marriages. For her and Trey, it was different goals. And for him and his ex, it was different backgrounds. It goes so well, Charlotte invites him over, which quickly proves to be a bad idea. He cannot handle the wow size of her place and she has him leave i loved this guy hilarious so funny. i loved that scene wow what does he say he's like wow oh my god you have your own place wow you you all know this furniture wow it's great i loved him. it was he a great in scene. studio yeah it was a really was great scene funny. um so funny so then carrie catches up with miranda she has given herself the okay to have farewell sex with big and miranda's mm-hmm. just gonna have to get on board Miranda does, but she also asks Carrie to be in the room with her when she delivers her baby, which is incredibly like, oh, my God, their relationship, because Miranda's worried that Steve's too emotional to handle it solo. Later, Carrie and Big have their last date night. They take a sweet carriage ride through Central Park, but halfway through, Carrie gets a call. It is time. Miranda is going into labor. Big gives the carriage driver $400 to get them to Mount Sinai quick. And the guy giddies his horses up. (laughs) It's so funny. Like, this is the problem with being like a PC liberal is like I watch people in a horse drawn carriage and I'm like, that's animal abuse. (laughs) I think a lot of people feel that way. I'm just like, how is this romantic? This horse is like water. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Right. Just like shitting his brain. Yeah. It's like being like kicked with like metal. Um, Yeah. So when Carrie gets to the hospital, she finds Miranda pacing in her room. 
Miranda is trying to get her water to break desperately, and Carrie wants to help. It ends up not taking much. As soon as Miranda stands still, her water breaks all over Carrie's brand new Louboutins. And Samantha gets to work on her Richard cheating sting operation. She's got her white coat, her big sunglasses, her wig. She is unrecognizable. She tails him in a cab back to his place where the man confirms her suspicions. He is cheating. His whole face is buried in a naked woman Sam has never met. So Samantha smashes the heart painting and storms out, which honestly is a positive that things is disgusting. Somebody <laughs> needed to do that. Someone needed to ruin that. I morning. have to say it's been a while since I've seen this episode, and I think I, I didn't fully remember what happened, and I just remember her dressed up in that disguise and watching the episode going, please, please don't be right. Please be wrong. Please be paranoid and it not actually. I was so sad. It was so heartbreaking when she caught him. You know, and it's 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 a really good, well-written episode because they're gearing it up to make her seem like the crazy fucking lady who bought a wig and, oh, my God, this woman is so fucking unhinged. And then you're just like, she's not unhinged. Sadly, she's completely right. She was 100% oh, right. Yeah, I really appreciated it. I, I thought it actually was a great way to... Um, validate her? Yeah, and also to, like, flip that whole trope on its head of, like, you're fucking crazy, lady. Yeah, it's like, right. no, she was right. She was just, it was women's intuition the entire time. So I thought they did a really good job with that. Anyways. You're absolutely right. Back with Miranda, uh, it's finally time. The baby is here. Carrie has to silence an overeager nurse, but for the most part, the delivery is smooth and drama-free. When Steve hands Miranda the baby, she rethinks Danny. What about Brady? He tears up and that settles it. Welcome to the world, Brady Hobbs. My heart is exploding. Ugh. Obsessed. Charlotte and Samantha make it to the hospital just as Carrie is heading out. She still wants to catch big, but when she makes it to his place, it's too late. The last of his boxes are gone and so is he. He did leave her something, however, a Henry Mancini record and plane tickets. Whatever they are now, they aren't done. She wanders out onto the street where she picks up the first leaf of fall. It was official. A new season had begun. Oh, this song is so amazing. Maybe our mistakes are what make our fate. Without them, what would shape our lives? Perhaps if we never veered off course, we wouldn't fall in love or have babies or be who we are. After all, seasons change. So do cities. People come into your life and people go. But it's comforting to know the ones you love are always in your heart. And if you're very lucky, a plane ride away. Okay. Well, I mean, literally, I don't have anything to say. It was just beautiful. It was beautiful, but also like, here we go. Here we go. I mean, the plane tickets, it leaves the door open. It's a beautiful scene at the delivery. I'm surprised you even gave her plane tickets. I thought he would just peace out and then be like, call me. It's like like a Chinatown bus. I was a little confused by that because... Can she just use the plane tickets whenever or like, does she have a date set? I know what you mean. It felt like more of like an American Express gift card, if you will. He left two Starbucks gift cards for her. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, have one on me. And she tries to get two teas, but there's only $5 on it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's oh, on both cards. Like one has two fifty and the other has two fifties. Like she can't cover Can you it. Use both. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's a beautiful episode. It's a beautiful end of the season. You know, it's exciting. So much season four. It's a it's a huge, huge season. Samantha falls in love and gets her heart broken for the first time that we've seen. Mm. Miranda Hobbs has a baby. Charlotte is now divorced and dating. And Carrie is completely single. And her on and off again love is now in in California. So it's the end of an era. It's an end of a season, literally and figuratively. And um, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful wrap up of a gorgeous um, season, in my opinion. Yes. And the episode and the season closes with one more love letter dedicated to our city of New York, then, now and forever. So this was the 9-11 mm-hmm. season. Yeah, this was um, the first episode shot after 9-11 is the episode is the season five premiere but um Mm -hmm. yeah this all of everything um these last like six episodes i want to say were all aired after 9-11 so this whole thing is like very melancholy and and Mm. aware of 9-11 having just happened Mm. well this brings us to the question of the episode later that night i got to thinking about fate that crazy concept that we're not really responsible for the course our lives take that it's all predestined, written in the stars. Maybe that explains why, if you live in a city where you can't even see the stars, your love life tends to feel a little more random. And even if our every man, every kiss, every heartache is pre-ordered from some cosmic catalog, can we still take a wrong step and wander off our own personal Milky Way? I couldn't help but wonder, can you make a mistake and miss your fate? I don't think so because your fate. I hate this question. I don't think so because I think if you miss something or something doesn't happen or in a relationship ends and you always wonder, I think that regret is possible. I definitely think that that that's a real human feeling. But I think whatever happens in your life is your fate. There's nothing, there's no road that you didn't take that was supposed to. Whatever is what actually shakes out is your fate. That's it. Yeah. So anything you didn't do, I think that's anyone you weren't with, that's that. I think that's a really nice way to look at it because it makes you feel more in control. I think when you talk about fate, it's a little like, what are you supposed to do? Like, let's say you do want to like chase your fate. Like, what does that look like? Do you just kind of like stand in a field and like wait for a sign? Like, I don't, I just think, yeah, I think you have to look at it with I think you have to be a little more pragmatic about it and believe that like nope I'm like this is what my life is supposed to look like and it's going to continue to have twists and turns based on what should be there. Yeah, I just feel like this idea of like can you miss a wrong turn? For example, maybe there's someone that 5 years ago or 10 years ago whatever that you're like god, they were right there and they're so amazing. Now they're yeah. married with kids and I was too fucked up and insecure to like go there with them and I was only interested in bad boys or whatever so I missed my fate you didn't you weren't ready for it at the time yeah imagine if you tried to make that work then it would have fallen apart because you weren't emotionally you're ready ready for for what you're ready for and if and if you you know and it's totally human to sometimes look back and be wistful or wish that you could have been different um we can only be where we are and we're only ready for what we're ready for you know it's like it can be frustrating, but that's that's just that. So, yeah, I, I don't really believe that you can, like, ruin your fate. I, I think... No. I think 
I actually think, you know, you try and be aware of your actions, you try and grow as a person, but life is so much bigger than you are and everyone's just doing the best they can and what happens is what happens. And if something didn't happen that you wished happened or a relationship didn't work out that you wished, I don't think it's worth beating yourself up about because everyone is doing their best, honestly. Yeah, I I think that's all very well said. And I also just think, yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't beat yourself up. I mean, like it's impossible to live a life without any regret. That's just not realistic. So if you have regrets, those are your regrets. Other people have other regrets. There's no one out there who's like, I did. Yeah. Like, and if they do, it's not true. Nobody's like, out there like that. live life to the fullest and don't look back. It's like, you're just saying that because you're like hoping someone will turn it into a t-shirt that's sold at Patagonia someday. Like, I don't know. Well, Jamie, it's like, it's not really, uh, it's not really how life it's is. It's interesting that you say that because this morning I listened to an amazing, it's not my horny for, but I listened to an amazing podcast interview with Oprah interviewing Steven Tyler. And I'm not even a huge mm. Aerosmith fan necessarily, but it's ties into what you're saying because you're saying this idea that like the only, you know, maybe there's people that have no regrets that just like lived really hard. Like, uh, Steven Tyler is like a millionaire rock star and he has tons yeah. of regrets. He totally abandoned his kids to go on the road. Yep. He like ru- ruined marriages with a drug habit. And like, he's had a really fun full life, but he also has regrets. Like, even if you do, even if you do achieve like a bunch of wonderful things and go traveling the world, like there's regrets on the other side of that too. Like, yeah. And also it's how you deal with your, your regrets. You can have regrets and you don't have to live in them. Yes. You don't have to sit there and weigh yourself down with them. No, he's like, built but it doesn't a mean you don't have them. Yeah. Yeah. You can still move forward and be like, oh yeah, there were things in my past. That things to learn from. Really... Yeah, exactly. Like if you don't acknowledge regrets, I don't know how you grow. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. It's a balance of looking back and wanting to maybe change behavior, but not, but not punish living yourself in a, in a punishment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Jamie, um, okay, cool. Hit it. Yes. Uh, well, our final segment is called "I'm Horny for," because Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So, we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Well, thank you for asking, Jay Molina. Um, I'm gonna do two because this is like quarantine, and obviously, I just have so much TV time. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, tell us. Tell the, tell the listeners. One thing that I'm extremely horny for is a beautiful reality unscripted show. Uh, both things I'm horny for are on Netflix. One of them is okay. a dating reality show called On the Spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it's about I wanna, I wanna watch people that. with autism dating. And it is just a beautiful, um, relatable, gorgeous show that with characters that are just the most um, endearing. It's just a yes. Um, And then the Mm. other show that I would like to, actually, I'm going to do three. I'm sorry. And I'll make them really quick. Oh my God. How dare you? (laughs) The other show that I would like to highly recommend is a sports documentary that was on ESPN that is now on um, Netflix called The Last Dance about the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. And I played basketball in high school, but I don't watch sports anymore. I don't hate sports, but I don't really feel passionate either way. But it's absolutely mm-hmm. riveting. Um, it's kind of like I watched the Lady Gaga doc, and I also feel the same I way about Lady Gaga that I do about sports. I'm just completely neutral. I'm not a fan of her music. I don't hate her. But when something is a worldwide phenomenon, I'm interested. And so sure. the Chicago Bulls, it's almost like American history. It's just learning about something that was like absolutely huge for our country and our American culture. 
So, yeah. and just like learning about people who are like the best of the best, like, yeah. like, like immortal Olympian level humans. Absolutely. I think that's interesting. It's yeah. I've heard that documentary. Really absolutely great. fascinating. Whether you like basketball or not, I wouldn't consider myself a person that's into basketball. So that's the second one. Okay. Keep going. So the, the last thing I want to recommend is a YouTube channel called twins, the new trend. So the word twins, the word, the, the word new and trend twins, the new trend. It is a young, uh, teenage, uh, really adorable black kid and his brother, but mostly it's him. I don't know how I stumbled onto it, but I stumbled onto it and ended up staying up until four in the morning, watching a bunch of his videos, like for an hour and a half. And it's this kid and he's like, Hey, he's like, I'm black. I grew up listening to rap. I've never listened to a rock song before in my life. And he only makes reaction videos of him reacting to music he has never heard before. And then you see like the music video below. And when I was a teenager, the most important thing in the world to me was music. I played guitar. I wrote songs. I was obsessed with classic rock. And this makes me sound old, but watching this kid discover Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, the Doors, Alice Cooper, like, and his jaw just to the floor, Radiohead, like, this kid is just like astounded. And then he's also listening to some new black music he's never heard. He never heard of um, Nina Simone and Salt and Peppa and Lauren Hill. And like, basically, it's just watching someone discover stuff that you've loved for so long. And he reacts really intensely. So he's like, what? This is amazing. He's obsessed with Queen. He loves Queen. Like, Aww. so if you want to like watch someone discover the things that meant so it's very nostalgic. It's just watching someone oh, discover. That's so cool. It's amazing. So, and I would say if you're going to okay. watch them, watch him discover Creep by Radiohead. That's a really. Oh my God. Okay. I'll start uh, He's there. never heard it before and he's just so uh, touched. She cries. It's like oh, amazing. Oh, I love yeah. that. Okay. So those are my big that. three. Uh, I've been obviously right. laying around and watching a lot of shit. So Jamie, what is your uh, horny for this week? Um, yes, it is a food one. Great. Um, I got some great responses about my grilled broccoli. Mm. So I'm going to lean into, uh, my few and far between recipes. Um, I have truly the best marinade ever for salmon and it's so simple. Actually, it's a marinade for anything. It's just kind of my like go-to fallback one. Um, but it's basically, I don't really measure. Um, so I'm just going to say equal parts, but it's just four ingredients. It's butter, honey, soy sauce and garlic or garlic powder, kind of a lot of it. And you just like mix it up in a saucepan, like on really low heat, let the butter melt, let the like honey sort of emulsify or whatever word I'm supposed to use for cooking. Um, I just like pulled that one out of my ass. Um, I've heard emulsify on cooking shows. I'm going to use it, but yeah, you just like kind of make it all blend together and is, it does get really sticky if you let it cool. So you kind of just need to like put it on stuff, um, pretty quickly, I would say, uh, don't let it like sit out. Um, or you can like reheat it to warm it up again, but anyways, yeah, it's great. And I've, I've been using it on salmon. I put it on the grill in a little foil packet and it's just the most, I saw delicious. a picture of it on and your you don't Instagram. Have to, it incredible. Yeah. You don't have to, Thank you. It, you don't have to um, like let it. Uh, it's not like a marinade. You have to like let something soak in for a long time. You can just sort of put it on whatever you're cooking and then like grill it or saute it or whatever. Um, and it does, I think because of the honey, it like sticks to it pretty hard. So it doesn't burn off 
it just stays and it's great. That sounds delicious. I'm definitely going to try that. It sounds so good. Honey, soy sauce, garlic, butter. I could just eat all that stuff separately. Um, yeah, that's why they're great when they're combined. Okay, guys, try her <laughs> recipe. Watch that stuff. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Love you guys. Love ya. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. 